This is the series finale podcast. We appreciate you coming out. This is the podcast where we watch the series finale to a show we've never even seen. Yes. I'm Jack Burke. I'm Zach. And I'm John Paul. (laughs) And uh, we did a big kahuna today. We did the white whale. We nabbed MASH. MASH. This, yeah, everybody familiar? MASH. With MASH. Right, it's about the Korean War. Korean War. This is a f- big finale for us to do because this is like the finale to end all finales. Yes. And maybe, yeah, so it's an exciting podcast, right? This was watched by 130 million people. That's so crazy. For That's- scale, yeah. the White Bronco Chase was watched by 95 million people. <laughs> so this show was bigger than O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Which is hard to believe, because how could you be bigger than O.J.? You have to be God <laughs> to be bigger than the juice. So this show's bigger than the juice. Right. Was anybody in the audience alive while this came out, when this came out? We did get the Greendale Senior Living Home in here, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll have that translated through the uh, hearing pieces. So I expect in a few minutes we'll get some hands raised for some MASH memories. Right, so this is an important finale. Tons of people watched it. It was a two-part series finale. We watched the entire thing. Yeah, we did, which is rare for us. Now, (laughs) this is a famous incident, Jack. Why don't you... I don't want to get too much into potty talk or scatological humor. Right. But you do have a little... Why not, you fucking pervert? (laughs) You afraid everyone will see your erection start to grow as you talk about potty stuff? (laughs) You sick fuck. I'm behind the table. They won't see my boner. <laughs> Damn. I yeah. came in hot. I got to cross my legs. So this, uh, this, this show was, uh, went, like, there's an urban legend that once everyone went to the bathroom during the commercial break at half, like, in the middle of the show. Half-time. And it caused flooding in the streets of New York City. <laughs> That is what they say about it. That so many people dookied that at the same exact time. It was the, the biggest moment of uh, racial harmony in New York of all time. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure that MASH had a racially diverse audience. I don't know. I mean, 135 million, is that what it was? Yeah. 170, I thought. 130. A, Let's not inflate numbers here. Okay. <laughs> 130 million right. people watch this. Right. There is 100 million people at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would never uh, inflate numbers. 130 million people watched it. That's to say nothing for how many Italians watched it. So Ooh, a lot of, a lot yeah, of people dude. watched it. Just watch kidding. it. Watch it. Keep, keep it cool, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a bunch of people watch it, and now we've watched it. We're now, so what does that make it? 135 We're million? We're in the world's most exclusive club. Of 135 million people. Yeah. We watch it. I had a, never seen this show. Yeah. A lot of people think that's Philistinian of me that I've never watched MASH. Philistine? Phil, like I'm a Philistine. Like I'm a, uncultured. Oh. Oh, similar to Phil Hartman, who was murdered, right? <laughs> His wife shot him in the head while he was sleeping. Right, because he actually he, he watched an episode of MASH before she could watch it with him. Yes. So he, she was pissed. And you're a couple. You commit to a show. It's important to watch it together. A hundred percent. Otherwise, Phil Hartman's wife will shoot you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I was dating a girl once. We were watching Battlestar Galactica, and we broke up, and... She posted on Facebook, well, at least I can finish watching Battlestar Galactica. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that that seems pretty bitch. harsh. Yeah. It was sad. <laughs> <laughs> the show got bad as it went on. It was not good. The show or the relationship? Did the relationship get bad as the show got bad? <laughs> <laughs> season one of the relationship, incredible writing. You could tell everybody involved in season one of the relationship was putting in a lot of efforts. But then in later seasons, I stopped shaving my pubes. So <laughs> nobody cared anymore. It was just coasting. That's great. 
Yeah, this, uh, so MASH is about the Korean, why don't we what get a broad? What does MASH stand for? Military Auxiliary Surgical Hospital? Yeah, yeah, I got it wrong when I said. What did you say? I said mobile, Army. I said hey. mobile Allied Support Hospital. Wow. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good guess. Yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, um, it's, but it's Surgical Hospital, Surgical it's Hospital. It's a Surgical Hospital where surgeons take care of. Uh, POWs, I guess. Well, no, they no, take no. care. They do take care of POWs, <laughs> but their primary concern is to take care of wounded uh, soldiers. Americans, wounded, wounded Americans. But the, the, uh, the, I believe the technical term is baby killer. I think they call them baby killers. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this show basically, though, it was so interesting because this is in the seventies. I think the show was in the seventies, right? Yeah, I mean. Maybe it start. I believe it started in the seventies. By the time it ended, I believe it was the mid eighties. I oh, thought it wow. started in the fifties and ended in seventy one. <laughs> so, really, none of us can agree. Right. So the show we haven't watched the show. <laughs> right. We don't know information about. It. But they did do this thing. Like during the show, they make sure that they pay attention to the POWs the entire time. Like the last episode shows, like every time a soldier's on the screen with another, like an Asian bad guy, they're just like. We must protect this person. We need to take care yeah, of them. Yeah, they shelter oh the POWs. They're like, the war. POWs need more space for their bathroom. Like, that's a big oh, thing in the episode. That's true. It's that's like, true. They, they, I don't think that's what was happening in Korea. They do treat the POWs very, very, I guess, very well is, some, is something of an overstatement because they are in barbed wire cages, I guess. <laughs> but they're nice to them. They're, they're like, nice to I, them. They, they need more food. War is hell, brother. So I, I know, dude. I know. <laughs> you don't think I've served? Chris Christopherson over here, American war hero. Um, so, you know, I thought that was funny that uh, it's like, if this was a more realistic show, I don't think they would have been like, we need to treat the POWs this well. I thought well, it was over the You top. feel like it should have been like a real My Lie, Abu Ghraib situation? <laughs> Just horror show? I don't yes. know. I, I think it would have been tough to get like a lot of the comedy out of Americans torturing <laughs> Chinese and Korean PO. <laughs> Colin, where the China, well, China was involved in this conflict. China right? was involved. Yeah. Secretly. Oh, Whoa. it's like a proxy war. Nice. Wow. Ted Williams was involved in this conflict. Ted Just Williams. In yeah. Ted Williams was flying like forty-six missions as wow. a pilot. He shot down on his first one. How many people? Did Who shot kill? him down? Was it a fucking Yankee? Was it a New York Yankee? Yeah, it was uh, the Yankee Clipper. Uh, Joe DiMaggio shot down Ted Williams. He was a communist. A lot of people don't know that. Really? Joe DiMaggio, big communist. Yeah, famous. Yes. We're blacklisting Joe DiMaggio for his yes. communist and un-American activities. Right. So why don't we get a broad strokes breakdown of this yes. show? Yes. This is where Zach breaks it all down in one simple sentence. Broad strokes breakdown. A couple of surgeons are over in Korea. One of them goes mentally ill and is doing therapy in a nod to the Sopranos. <laughs> and uh, they work out his issues. He goes back to Korea. It takes a long time. They declare peace, but in a General Lafayette, 1812 style, they keep killing people and wounded people <laughs> keep showing up. So it's peacetime right. conflict. The first half of the show is basically Alan Alda, this handsome devil right here. And, and for those of us... Who can't look at Al Alan Alda? He's easy on the eyes. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's got the smoothest voice I've ever heard, too. It's right up like there with Gino Capaletti and Gil Santos for our Patriots fans in the house. <laughs> so he, he's uh, battling with some PTSD, right? Because he was on a bus where... I don't know. The bus got pulled over by the communists. He was on a bus communists. with a lot of bad traffic. <laughs> yeah. And so, he was like, why didn't I just drive if I was going to sit in this traffic? Alan Alda is Hawkeye. He is a crack surgeon, a crack surgeon in Korea. Yes. But he's going through a tough time. He's mm -hmm. been uh, showing signs of mental illness. So when we start the episode, he is uh, being treated for his mental illness. And he hates Psychiatry. He hates <laughs> sessions. He hates it. He can't. Yeah. He tries to turn it all into a joke. He tries to have fun with it the whole time. Right. He does this all as a defense mechanism because his memories are so painful to him. So painful. In fact, the, when the psychiatrist is like, "Hey, what did what happened on that bus trip?" He's like, "Dude, we were partying. It was sick. We were all drinking." And then he's like, <laughs> and then throughout the episode, it progresses. He's like, "Yeah." And then there was like one soldier who was kind of a downer, and we didn't like him. And then he's like, and the soldier was wounded, and I was protecting him. And then it's like. 
And then we had to be quiet because the soldier was being too rowdy. So we had to be quiet. There's like, and actually it was an Asian woman and she had to be quiet because the soldiers were going to get us. And then it's like, actually it was an Asian woman with a rooster. And the rooster <laughs> had to be quiet. So I told the lady, hey, shut that rooster up. And actually it was a baby. And the Asian woman shut the baby up by smothering it to death. <laughs> That's, That's the progression yeah, it of it. It was really sad. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of fucked up. This show actually changed my life. And like, it fucked me up so bad, dude. Really? Mash yes. Because Mash is You watched like, it 17 hours ago. It, <laughs> dude, it, <laughs> it, it had a profound effect on me. It showed me... These not only are they servicemen, right? They're serving their country. Service women, too. There's oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Take a knee. Go ahead and write name. your name next to Shane <laughs> Gillis's, you monster. <laughs> oh, boy. So, serviceman and servicewoman. <laughs> you don't have to fucking laugh after you say it, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So then they, um, they serve their country, and not only that, but they, they're taking care of the people serving this country. It's a double service. Yes. It's, like, amazing. Whoa. And they're so selfless. It's beautiful. And I thought about it. It's like, I'm a comedian. I'm like, I'm trying to be, do stand-up comedy. It's like the most selfish act in my life. Yeah. And it made me feel bad. It made me feel like, oh, wow, I need to, like, not, I need to be more of service to people. This is pathetic. And that's why I'm here right now, folks. Being service. of service to you. Do you think you. giving service to two servicemen at once is the ultimate <laughs> form of thing you can do? Because you could do multi branches a navy man, a sailor, yeah, and a soldier. Yeah. Have navy you ever heard of Eiffel Tower? <laughs> Land and sea. <laughs> wow, I I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. I could just have gay sex with the entire military. <laughs> Again, by implying gay sex, that implies there's no service women. So you've uh, <laughs> continued to ignore our brave service women. That's so like say like, say, Air Force Amy at the Cat House Ranch. <laughs> An actual Air Force veteran slash <laughs> feminist prostitute. Yes. Oh, man. She's not a prostitute. She's a sex worker. That my bad. Come on, bro. I screwed up. Take Come my on. name off the, off the stool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, these are the characters, pretty much. Um, and they're all physicians. And then we have a priest who's a chaplain. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the priest, Zach? He must he must find some real nice young trim out there in Korea. Well, I'll tell unfortunately, you the main focus of the priest is tending to vulnerable children. <laughs> yeah. The entire time he's the, with orphans, and he's Father a good Mul man. Mulcahy. Father, Father Mulcahy. Father Mulcahy. Father Mulcahy. Father Mulcahy. He's like he's um he takes care of an orphanage. It's great. It's. I think this was a big step for America. Catholic chaplain. Without JFK, MASH wouldn't have been possible. This wasn't a, a <laughs> Protestant. It was a Catholic. Very weird. It's bizarre it? how the Catholics have been discriminated against here. It's just, it's, it's so weird. It's harrowing. It's fucking crazy. When I was a kid, they used to teach us about Irish discrimination in school. Right. Which is bizarre that that happened. Well. I know. I, I went to the Tenement Museum in New York City this week, and I was saw, there's a bunch, there's one tour about Irish people being outsiders. And I was like, oh, I'll do that when my mom comes. She'll think that's hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, and then this woman was like, it's not funny. It's, she'll cry. It's very sad. Wow. <laughs> was it that bad for the Irish? It was that bad. It in was actually, from what I've read on Facebook, it was worse than anybody, actually. <laughs> they had now, it the I hardest. I think it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but they don't cry about it because Irish people ain't pussies. <laughs> that's what those memes say. Right. Irish people are the best. We agree. MASH. What's. Then so we have a nurse. We have a nurse, right? And she's Margaret. a big-titted blonde chick. She's great. Um, she has large breasts. That's not a part of the plot. It was but it kind is. of. <laughs> but, no, you'll notice they didn't make it in the broad strokes breakdown. <laughs> it is not the breast stroke breakdown. But she was in tight shirts constantly, which would have been a problem if you were doing surgery and uh -huh. you were like... You should wear tight clothes in surgery. I don't know. I prefer it to be very, you a know, loose it's too much. Perka. Yeah, you're like, you're taking away from me while I do surgery, right? Yeah. People are watching me, but now they're distracted by your big titties. <laughs> <laughs> while under anesthesia, do you think the allure of her breasts could have overpowered anesthesia and woke, <laughs> woken yes. the victim up? We did watch this at 12, 12 at night, at midnight. Yep. And I was, like, pretty exhausted, but so one thing kept me going. Big titted nurses. Okay, it was super long. What do you guys think of the length? I think they just made it super long to get incredible advertising dollars. Yes. No. Dude, yes. there was a lot. It's a show. The story, the story is really stretched out. Like, for instance, you were talking about Alan Alda, Hawkeye. He uh, goes through this therapy session, but it takes, like, seven scenes from to eventually go from, like, we were having a fun party at the beach to I watched a Korean woman smother <laughs> her own baby to death. <laughs> On a bus. 
Yes. And they go, they do, it takes so long. I feel like they stretched it out because they knew CB, it was NBC, CBS, whatever. They're going to get huge advertising dollars because everybody in the world was going to watch the finale of MASH. But I think people would have been disappointed had it been smaller, right? If it was like a 30-minute I've not, I, I have not had experience. Never, no one's ever been disappointed by anything small in me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it was drawn Smaller out. Smaller is better, actually. That is true. The smallest is the best. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, they do like a set piece scene where everybody says their fate, what they're going to do next yes. after war. So yeah. the war that is takes over. takes like 15 minutes, and they get people who have no speaking lines at any other time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this show, it's literally like the war's over, then they have all these people in surgery, then they go have like a 45-minute conversation about what they're all going to do after. And it's kind of fun. And one woman was literally like, I'm going to go work at Colgate, the world's best <laughs> toothpaste company. Yes. And then she, she did the whole side effect speech. It was right, crazy. Right. Some serious product placement in MASH. And that's what happens after they announce that peace has been reached. But I want to tell another story. My parents are both in the armed services. Baby both. killers. Your mother. Baby killers. <laughs> a my famous service woman. My mother was a service woman. She Jury's was, out. She was in the U.S. Army. <laughs> she was a cook, but when she was in basic training, there were tensions with Iran. And when she was in basic training, their drill instructor came into the hall where they were sleeping, woke everyone up, and said, shots have been fired at the embassy. United States has just declared war in Iran. Oh, my God. Wow. What but that she... was not true. They were, t- they were testing them. They were Damn. gaslighting they were testing your mom? They were gaslighting her ass. <laughs> they gaslit her. They said, she said almost the entire place burst into tears. Really? Yeah. People she cried? said they say cried. <laughs> Wait, are they, they said they cried. To cry? Huh? Are they supposed to cry? It's not baseball, so they can cry there. All right. <laughs> Dude, There's no crying in baseball. Did your crying... mom run to the stove and, like, whip up some, <laughs> some macaroni or that, scrambled eggs? Was it boys? mostly women cooks in the services? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of women cooks, and then there were um, the flight attendants, of course. <laughs> you know, you get on those C-130s. You got, you know, a woman in a tight green miniskirt who comes by. She's serving her in her own way. Right, right. Dude, and then, that... there was, of course, there's a lot of women in the service who... Um, just uh, had sex with NFL players. That was their whole job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand that reference. Right. I'm just trying to think of like what people with misogynist men would think are good careers for women. Oh, uh, having sex, sex with an NFL, NFL players. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one for sure. Um, dude, so that's crazy that they all started crying. That doesn't give me a lot of faith in our service members. No, you, you know? shouldn't have it. If they're starting to cry. The whole point you sign up is to go to war, right? <laughs> I think I so. Know. I think the whole point is you sign up for, like, uh, GI Bill education benefits, and then sometimes <laughs> you get sent to war, and it's not <laughs> fun. I don't, a lot of people don't expect to go to war. 60 Minutes, one of your favorite programs, Jack, had a whole thing about reserve duty people who were in reserve. So, like, post-Vietnam till... Afghanistan, or till the Gulf War was very peaceful. So people were like, hell yeah, I'll join the reserves. Yeah. I'll get all these benefits. And then they got sent to Iraq, and they were like, <laughs> that is just not what I was expecting. I'm very upset, you know? That's kind of not- happened to Ted Williams. He, was, he felt that it was unfair that he had to go to Korea because he was called into active duty during World War II. But all he did was play baseball on an army base. In and, Korea? Yeah. That no, was no, no. Active That's service? what he did during World War II. Is he that was active why Korea duty. loves baseball? They have, like, popular leagues there, right? Japan, too. Yeah. So be, maybe. Could be a bombing thing. Do you think thing. Korea Could have been because of Ted Williams. Ted Williams did fly active duty in Korea. Good wow. for 46 missions. 46 deaths, right? Probably killed. many more. I think wow. he was really launching He killed a lot stuff. of people. On the Ted baseball Will- field. He killed a, bad, a lot of bad pitchers out there. <laughs> <laughs> they put that on his card stats, you know? <laughs> How many confirmed the kills? of his tops. <laughs> I don't know if they put that on. No. <laughs> what about some of the Korean people that are featured in the show? For there instance, are Korean people on the show. That's right. Well, they probably were just Asian actors that they were like, all right, you're going to play a Korean. They're all from Hawaii, I assume. But <laughs> they, one character was literally from Hawaii. Yes, yeah. that's true. They, uh, there's a lot of Korean refugees who are fleeing some of the conflicts. And one of the Korean refugees, she is uh, trying to locate her family. Right. And so she's Lee. trying to get help from... Klinger. Klinger is the, the, Jewish guy, the company one. clerk. The guy in the fucking dress or whatever. <laughs> no, he's a nurse too, I think. Men no, he's a company nurses. clerk. Oh. 
Well, he's dressed he as a nurse. He does the paperwork. Like when people send in, like, oh, we got to transfer this guy. He does the paperwork. But That's a good job. His role on the show is basically the punchlines. You know, he says the jokes, and then people make fun of him for being a goofball. He does a bad job at giving people their mail. But he's trying to help this Korean refugee his, find her family. His nose is the most distracting thing. He's in very the world. old. <laughs> yeah. What his do you mean his nose? What about it? Disgusting, dude. Because it's like because of it's got the drink lines or whatever. No, it's just large. It's oh. so big, dude. And literally, it's so big that Alan Alda constantly is going honk honk. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's a relative. That's the gag on the show. I and at, when he goes big. to kiss his like Asian refugee wife, or just his <laughs> wife. I, I don't, don't know. know. If he, right, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the wedding ceremony was now. I pronounce you husband. Husband and Asian refugee <laughs> wife. <laughs> I think it's just wife. Right. Well, she, to kiss her, to get the out of the way of his own nose, he has to tilt his head at like a forty-seven degree angle. Here, show everybody. <laughs> oh. oh boy, dude, not on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, the, but the Asian refugee wife, her name is Sun Lee. Right? Yep. And there is, it does feel Woody, little Woody Allen ish. There's no age difference. <laughs> yes. you, know, you don't know that. You, they I know this. Uh, Slinger is not her stepfather, so I know that. <laughs> Do you think that's why Klinger was so desperately trying to help her find her family? Because he thought maybe she had a younger relative that he could marry. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually a funny gag on the show. Soon Lee's looking for her family. Oh, this is a great gag. This, uh, Soon Lee's looking for her family, and she's trying to explain them to Klinger, and she's just like, oh, they are... Oh, shit, shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Shane Gillis thing is right there. Um, she's like... She says this. Like, she goes, yo, yo. I am looking for my family. <laughs> I am concerned about them, and I am, I am a human being with real feelings. And I am being portrayed as such, not some kind of cartoonish portrayal. No, she goes like, help me find my family. Uh, short people, my my brother, short with dark hair. And Klinger's like, okay, do you have any other description? That's what y'all look like. And then he's like, oh, she's like, oh, my mom is also short, skinny, black hair. <laughs> Damn, dude. It was a good bit. It was fine. It was fine. We were just... Imitating we just talking about Mash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we just talking about Mash. Uh, so that this was is fun. one of the things about I think this show. I mean, this show and another show famously Hogan's Hoyt Heroes. They yes. are they are comedies set in a uh, tragedy. In a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. The Korean. I don't think anyone would probably called the Korean conflict a comedy. What what what's that canceled BBC show? Hail Honey, I'm Home. Oh, is that another? <laughs> yeah. Hail Honey, I'm Home. That's a, a bad which is one. like a sitcom with Hitler. Yeah. Yes. And Insane. he's like, he's, it's about his like family life and them like being like. Oh, Hitler, you're so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was an unsuccessful something like where this was right. actually way more successful. And this is what I'm like, Soon Yi or Lee, Lee. Soon Lee, Whatever. she is a Korean refugee desperately searching for her family, which she believes could be killed. Right. But it's not treated with any gravitas or weight <laughs> at all. It's hilarious that yeah. she can't. It's hilarious in the show that she can't give a proper description to try to save her family's <laughs> lives. And it's weird. It is weird. And Klinger is like, oh, you miss your family? Well, what if, like, we got married? That would be pretty cool. Like, that would be good timing for this big decision. <laughs> I just thought that was yeah. insensitive of Klinger. Sort of, she's up against the clock. The communists are coming in, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the, the red men are on their way, dude. So, <laughs> like, you better find that family, bro. Yeah, they're probably dead. I think that's like <laughs> that's what the outlook is here. I don't think they're alive. So, Damn. Yeah. So that's like Klinger's thing. Then there's like this Englishman, oh, Winchester. So unlikable. Winchester. He he's, was the worst part of the show. He's like this English dude, and he's like he's a surgeon too, right? He's a yes. surgeon. He's like, oh yes, I love music, and I'm. He's kind of like Frasier. He's very. Yeah, yeah, he's like, sounds a lot like your Soon Lee. <laughs> See, yeah, that makes sense. I was just talking English. <laughs> and hey, folks, how you doing? Thanks for coming to series finale of the podcast. Come we're, on in. We're talking about the last episode of a show we've never even seen, yeah. which is Mash. Mash. You guys ever seen Mash? Hell yeah. That's sick. We're talking about the last episode. <laughs> you seen the last episode? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Do you hear what happened when everybody went to the bathroom at intermission? <laughs> They flooded the toilets. That's Cl true. 
Klinger married Soon Lee. It's kind of a big part of the show. <laughs> so then we got this English guy, and his thing is music. He loves classical music. There's a lot of beautiful scenes in this finale, right? Klinger has got IBS, so he has to go yes. to the bushes. <laughs> yes, he does. No, no, he not Klinger. very bad diarrhea. Charles, 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 the English guy. Winchester. Winchester. He's shitting his pants everywhere. So and he, a tank runs over the latrine, so he has to go to the bathroom, like, in the woods. Right, so he runs over there, and then these fucking communists, they roll up on him on, in a Jeep. And it's like, uh-oh, is this guy about to get murked and, like, while he's taking a duty? That would be horrible. Yeah, yeah but, I thought that might happen. I know, I thought they were going to fucking... Just right in the face. <laughs> and instead, they, um, they uh, surrender to him while he's squatting, and... Um, they start playing music for them. They they're, all they're, play instruments. Yeah, they're, like they're a in band. a band. <laughs> yeah, they're in the they're in a communist band. They're in Korea's Good Charlotte. <laughs> Good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Fuck People it. just walked in. Here. <laughs> I know. I know. Whatever. You missed it. All right. <laughs> so whatever. They they're like this. They're not very good though. No. Well. That's a western ear. To the eastern ear, I think they're uh, they're wonderful. You that's know? fair. They play like a pan, a flute that's made out of wood, so it's not the best. Then they beat a drum. That, yeah. I think one guy plays nothing. He just kind of hangs out and smacks <laughs> like uh, yes. wood. They get sent into the the gulag thing. What they're is it? they're as, as the they prison. surrender, they also become prisoners of war, subject to Geneva Convention rules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then then Charles. Is trying to nap, and he hears them playing, and he's like, you know what? I'll teach you guys Mozart. And it's this beautiful moment of them, like, having this connection. That's not how it goes down. No. He's come over screaming because he's trying to play his record. He says, I'm trying to listen to Mozart. I'm trying to listen to Mozart. And they obviously don't speak English. <laughs> but they hear Mozart, and then they just start playing Mozart, and he was pissed, but now he's moved. He's moved. And, and it's he like this really. these, it's these like, people. It's, it's, a tr it's a moment of understanding between cultures and stretching across language, too. Right. Yes. Even it, across a war zone. It is a beautiful scene in between, like, latrine humor, which yes. is just, it's very <laughs> odd. What are we, like... Like, the scene where Alan Alda is, like, talking about the Asian woman that smothered her baby to death, there's, like, a joke immediately after it where <laughs> the guy's like, oh, your mail didn't come in. Your wife must hate you. <laughs> it's like, it, it makes no sense. And two cents where Alan Alda's like, she smothered her baby! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She smothered her baby! <laughs> yeah, it was a little over the top. No, I think that was about right. Alda stinks. <laughs> no, Alda's a legend. No, uh, yeah. So he's old right now. He's also, old. yeah, Alda's going to die soon. That would be sad. Hopefully he's still alive to hear this pod. I hope so. We'll send it out to him. Absolutely. Maybe they'll play it in his wake. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, man, this guy does a bang-on Korean accent. <laughs> Dude. And then there's this, there's this fellow down here. You might see him, right? And he is basically Alan Alda's... Lover. Best friend. <laughs> Best friend. BJ. BJ. And he's like this cool hippie dude who's like, war is bad, but I'm here and he's I'm He's from San Francisco. People. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he nope. has a kid who he hasn't seen since it was a baby. Yeah. But he also might have sex he, with women in Guam when he goes there. At hey, one point. he's a, he's a, he's a, he's across the once you're across an ocean, everything all rule that's true. Off. Sean Connolly, recently married. He brought us up here. Congratulations. Congratulations. What you're married, Sean and Mairead. What are the rules against uh, crossing the ocean if you're across the ocean? Why would they just got married? Why would you even talk to them about this? Just kidding, but curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's DJ, right? BJ. <laughs> and uh, BJ really wants to go home, so he wants to get He's his got a baby, go right? He yeah. has been over in... Across the seas, killing babies, so he wants to crack at his own. Well, he's technically, <laughs> he's technically saving adult men. He's saving adult men. No, he's killing babies. The hardest part of Mash was there's this amazing scene where the war is announced that it's over, right? It must be an incredible feeling. Yes, and it's it must be. It's like we're never gonna experience that. They'll, one day they'll be like, oh, the Iraq War is over, and all of us will be like, wait a minute, that they was were. going on. They like, you actually know. said that 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I, George Bush <laughs> said mission accomplished. Right, like, the that one, was a good feeling though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I felt think, great. The thing, what's even closer to that for me was the moment. 
that we found out. Oh, oh, look at this little guy. You're going to watch this. Watch the corner of the television, folks. He's going to pop up. He was hidden. Never mind. Okay. Oh. Oh, I saw him. <laughs> this, is the, this is the scene that, like. This is the modern version of, yes. of, yes, of finding the... out that, uh, that the war is over. Right. This is when John Cena found out that Osama bin Laden had been killed. <laughs> <laughs> so put yourselves back in what, what year was this? 2011. 2000? February. It's cold. Right. Yeah. St started over. You think Osama is still alive. You're watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Obama. <laughs> oh, no, keep it going. Keep it going. It's great. Look at you that. You gotta watch his salute at the end. <laughs> wow. We got him, guys. We got him. Dude, what you know night. what's crazy? In two seconds, Osama's music hits and he comes down the ramp. <laughs> it's a huge swerve. <laughs> Oh, this guy. <laughs> Woo! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Dude, you gotta watch the end. Let's he watch it again. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. The salute is really important to you. <laughs> I love how he's acting like he did it. Like, like he was the man who actually put the bullet in Osama. Hell yeah. This is great. Oh! <laughs> oh dude. That's insane. I, that is insane. I should, I wanna point out as a wrestling fan, this took place at a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. And Extreme Rules is known as a pay-per-view that doesn't have a traditional rule set. <laughs> Much like the US did not use their traditional rule set when they invaded and <laughs> illegally assassinated Osama bin Laden, who was in Pakistan? Like yeah, Pakistan. she was in Pakistan. They invaded Pakistan and illegally assassinated Osama bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> when he was just sitting around literally watching hentai on his computer. <laughs> Which is something that I do all the time. My favorite part was when SEAL Team 6 just tabled Osama <laughs> from the hell in the cell that they had set up in a cave outside of Islamabad. That's so good. Huge pop. Dude, it is funny. Uh, the, yeah. Him, like, walking around and acting like he did it himself is, like, the funniest. He's place. never served in the military. Yeah, but he adopted his credo in honor of them. That's just as and good. Think about He's how only, many soldiers served because of Cena. That's a good exactly. point. Well, you, wear, good point. you see those camo shorts, you're like, dude, maybe I should enlist. This is sick. He's the Marine. <laughs> he was in the Marine. He's a Worcester boy, too. That's why we did this show match. Newberry so Port. Newberry. Oh, what? Yeah, Newberry Port. But didn't he train here? What's the? There's a Worcester connection to John Cena. Hell yeah, dude. He trained here. <laughs> yes. I can smell Cena in this room right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that was it, a great clip. How did you come up with the idea to play that? Because I literally was thinking, what would be the equivalent to <laughs> like, the, the end of D-Day, I guess? Like when that woman gets kissed in D-Day or whatever? Yes. You know? And that was like, what would be our version of that? And I guess it's John Cena. <laughs> so pretty good, I think, right? That was great. Yeah, it's pretty true. And then they announce the end of the war, and they just rattle off. First, they say how much money everything costs. They're like, this costs 23 billion bucks. And also, 2 million people died. Yeah, Jeez. dude, it was sad. It was sad. And this was then, never um, officially a war either, right? I think it was a, technically a police action. Yeah, because wow. Congress has to whatever a war. Yeah. 
the old congressional whatever war. <laughs> and they were just too busy. They no, couldn't do the whatever. That was another thing. MASH is like, they're going through the deaths and the amount of costs. And then literally Hawkeye walks up to the guy with the big schnozzle is like, honk, honk. <laughs> Yeah, because Hawkeye, he gets, he gets, um, he gets, gets let through, go. He gets his through his therapy, and then he thinks he's gonna go home. But they send him back, back. to Korea. Yeah, back to was... reality. Oop, <laughs> Oop, there goes gravity. Up, there goes rabbit. Up, they go madney. Yeah, no, that was odd to me. It's like this guy just had a mental breakdown where he tried <laughs> right. to like he watched a baby get killed and then was like freaking out during surgery. And you guys, it's like a week back. of therapy, and they're like, you know, you're good. Yeah, you I would have sent his ass home. Yeah. I, he probably should have played it up a little bit to get sent home. I know? think that was a running gag on the show. Was what? Well, one of the characters would always try to act crazy to get sent home. I think it was Klinger, but I don't know because I really? never really saw the show. Klinger never tried to go home, but BJ kept trying to go no, home. No, Klinger did. Klinger would wear dresses to try and get kicked That's off the show. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. So it never, it never took because it never took. the military has always been inclusive of all genders, <laughs> right. gender expressions. <laughs> they made him general of the armed forces. <laughs> There was the don't ask, don't tell rule in, Paul, in play by the... No, no I think it was Do don't even want. think don't at this <laughs> point. <laughs> don't even think. Now, don't my ask, don't tell was in the 1990s. Yeah, somebody. my grandfather was in the military around this time. He was the company clerk, which Klinger was. What, did he, what kind of gay stuff can you talk about? Well, he said <laughs> men in his unit were dating. They were... Oh, dating? Yeah, it's chill. Who was your grandfather dating? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were just hanging out, getting sodas together, and full-on dating. Wow. Yeah. Wait, was this in the U.S. Army? Yeah, in Washington. Are you at sure? Like, uh, Can you go ahead That's what he says. It could be memory. Did he give you know. names? No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't out them. But, uh, <laughs> he said there were openly, that people had boyfriends in the unit, I guess. Damn, that's hot. <laughs> and then liberal Bill Clinton came in and said nobody can be gay anymore. And, uh, <laughs> that's and what it was. He messed it up. They weren't just gay. There were probably some lesbian couples in your grandfather's That's ranch. true. Service women. Yeah, yeah service, women, service women. I didn't forget this time. John <laughs> Cena didn't forget to thank the brave men and, and women. women. That would be kind of sick if you just said brave men. You should have just said brave women. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, is there like a SEAL team of women, you think? Yeah. For just women? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this is something people have strong opinions about. <laughs> SEAL Team 6-9. Really strong SEAL opinions. SEAL Team 6-9. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, so, yeah, the show, it does sort of drag on towards the end, right? They it's like, two hours. It was probably three hours with commercials. There's a fire at one point, so they have to, like, move the yeah, camp. Yeah, why is it all this other shit? Like, just tell the story you want to tell. And then right. they're annoyingly keeping shot at by the Koreans because there's, like, a, a tank. Left the yeah, tank no, the thing. guy who drove the tank through the latrine, he left the tank on the property and so then the Koreans are just like, bro, take that tank away. But they shoot at it for like six weeks and they never hit the tank. Terrible aim. Is this why North Korea exists? This is because of this? This war, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's really crazy. Do you feel like so they like should have people, been... <laughs> people that get beho got behind, like Sunyi's family, they might be behind the line. They're in North Korea right now. Yeah, and they're just locked away, and they haven't oh, seen their family forever. That's a tragedy. All they yes. can see is Dennis Rodman when he comes to visit <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Do you think that's Dennis the... Rodman dressed in dresses as a nod to Klinger, knowing, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that it would get him to Korea? <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, so that I'm, like, shocked. Because I knew Korea was a kind of a big deal, but I didn't think it was, like, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about history. Yeah. And, uh, so it's a country torn apart by the, the fight between communism and capitalism. Capitalism won, because South Korea we'll is see. kicking we'll ass. We'll see. We'll see. Well, North Korea was <laughs> undefeated in the last five World Cups, and it's never rained there. So <laughs> yes. who's the real loser? And when Kim Jong-il, when he first tried golf, he got a hole in one every hole. <laughs> That's pretty sick, That's dude. You can't argue with that. Who are we on now? Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong... Kim Jong-un, he soon. bowled a perfect game the first soon. time he ever bowled. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good at bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is alive, but the bowling thing is true. He just kills it at that. If they had had these incredible leaders during the war, they probably would have won. But it's just too bad they always took over after the war was over. Right, you know? right. So why don't we do... Every episode, we like to do a nice writing exercise, okay, guys? And uh, the writing exercise this week is... MASH is a comedy about the field surgeons and doctors. <laughs> and a, I, 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 this is not what it's called. It's, it's something else. The mobile... It's just, I gave it the wrong acronym because I just assumed what wow. it was. Wow. 
also kind of an ableist in that mobile. Yes. Yeah, Damn, I bro. Did. Some people don't I'll have lips. MASH is a comedy about the field surgeon doctors involved in a mobile something surgical hospital. Oh, you were kind of right. It's mobile army surgical. Mobile oh. army surgical hospital during the Korean conflict. Tell your own story of when you were involved in comedy during war. What nation were you fighting for, and how did you manage to find the humor in desperate situations? Right. Did you stand-ups, pranks, office gags? <laughs> how did this cause combatants in the war to view you? I, Usually I, we don't read it, but... At live shows, we're starting to read it because the people need to hear it. I don't know. It's a thing we're trying to do. I got it's one. It's good that you told everyone. Yeah. Though. I don't know. All right. <laughs> it seemed confusing. Let's get pissed I'll tell you where <laughs> I was. I was involved in the U.S. invasion of Grenada under Ronald Reagan. Grenada is a small Caribbean nation. I had moved to Granada to be the Grand Marshal of the famous Granada St. Patrick's Day Parade. Okay. The <laughs> biggest and only St. Paddy's Day celebration in the Caribbean. Given that no one is Irish in Granada, they imported me, a quarter Irish Portuguese man who was closer than anything they had. Nice. So I was there. I was on stage explaining what an Irish car bomb was <laughs> and telling them, one, never to drink it because alcohol is from the devil, and two, that if you order it from an actual Irish person, they'll get very upset because it makes light of terrorist attacks. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, paratroopers rained down on us and started shooting and killing nude carnival dancers. <laughs> I was shocked. We had no weapons. In fact, there was no military anywhere on the island. <laughs> so I did what I could. I took Maya Angelou's advice, and I knew that the pen was mightier than the sword. Oh, is that Maya Angelou said the that? The pen yeah. 15. Yeah. I quickly <laughs> wrote some slam poetry and recited an emotional poem about the media and gender stereotypes. <laughs> the soldiers were moved and started to cry. <laughs> they hoisted me on their shoulder, put down their arms, and walked me down the street to the ceremonial pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Wow. We joined hands and sang Kumbaya. And I said, you know what? We've had a lot of tears. Let's have some laughter. And I decided to perform my first ever stand-up comedy set. <laughs> As I was doing some Rodney Dangerfield jokes, Ronald Reagan called and asked what was happening. The general said that some man was bombing in the middle of Granada. <laughs> And he ordered an airstrike that blew up the whole island. <laughs> That's the story of how I brought wow, comedy geez. to St. Patrick's Day in Granada. Nice. I'll tell you this. In, uh, in 1967, I was a Navy man through and through. I embodied the ideals of the U.S. Navy. I was tough, smart, and I kept my gay sex a closely guarded secret. <laughs> I loved to smoke cigs and play poker on my aircraft carrier, and I prayed the Vietnam War would never end. In October, when flying a mission called Operation Rolling Thunder, I was shot down with my co-pilot, John McCain, and we became POWs. John was despondent as a POW, and so I decided I would cheer John up with some prank humor. After one of our daily beatings, and after we ate our filthy rice and soup, I put uh, my prank into action. I wriggled my wrist free of my ropes and untied myself and then woke John McCain up and untied him, telling him, we're getting out of here. <laughs> I helped John to his feet, and he was weeping with gratitude as he thanked me and thanked God and thanked Jesus. As we approached the door, I dumped John on the floor of the hut and told him I punked his ass and that we were, we were never leaving outside of a fucking body bag, expecting him to burst into laughter. He did not. He started to cry, loud. Hitching, horrifying sobs. So loud, so loud that a guard came to check on us and shot me to death. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I, the untold story of John McCain's time at the Hanoi Hotel. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about me. So in 1913, I was just a jolly Frenchman living the best version of life. I was smoking cigarettes and calling Americans fat. <laughs> Life was good. I was making big money as French's funniest fella, the FFF. This was a huge honor because it meant I could have sex with any woman I wanted. Wow. Of course, I was a Frenchman and thought that was gross and preferred the <laughs> company of men. Nice. I, know, I knew where the most men were, so I offered my services to the French army. They sent me to the front lines to brighten up the soldier's day. Soldiers love me because I not only brighten up their day with humor, like, oh, these trenches, oh, these trenches look familiar, like my wife's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> 
All the fancy French soldiers would laugh and laugh and agree. <laughs> My closer was the piece de resistance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Soon Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Where I would deep throw the baguette. And <laughs> the fellows love that. They love to see me do this because I would laugh and laugh and then get hard. And I, <laughs> and I would grab them by their boners and honk. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> honk, honk. Yes. Soldiers loved this until one day when a mortar shell blew up feet away from me and blow, blew off my jaw. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Could, <laughs> I could no longer do my closer. <laughs> <laughs> The, the men were saddened by this and surrendered. And then Germany won everything, and the rest was history. Wow. And eternity was good. Dang. Yes. So you changed the course of history with, did, with your dick-sucking <laughs> act out. Dude, I was just deep-throwing a baguette. It's not dick-sucking. I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be a huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> that would be gross, a, a big dick like that. It's disgusting. <laughs> Oh. People like small dicks. Yes, that's true. So, what else? The show, I mean, we kind of got over the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, the big bit is that JB won't say goodbye BJ. to Alan Alda. Right, BJ. JB was Howie Carr's radio <laughs> sidekick in the early 2000s for my Smooth. RKO. Well, uh, why listeners. don't we, before we do this, why don't we open up? The, why don't we open up to the questions from the crowd? Yeah, that's a great idea. It, it, not even just questions, interactions, thoughts, yes. anything you want to say. If anyone wants to do their baguette closer, we <laughs> could uh, <laughs> we could do that. Yes. Um, yes. So, does the crowd have any questions about or the Korean thoughts, War? questions, thoughts, questions, criticisms of the live? Yeah. Performance? If there are any veterans who want to <laughs> give a statement. Yeah. Or if anyone here maybe was present when they shot and killed Osama bin Laden illegally. <laughs> Anybody? Great question. When Osaban, when it was announced Osama bin Laden was shot, I was at a comedy open mic in Somerville, Massachusetts, at a place called the Rose, the Rosebud Diner. Wow. Yeah, and now Which is they, a fancy restaurant. Now. It, it is now, but back then it was a bad open mic, and then they canceled the open mic to have a drag night instead, which was <laughs> a good move in celebration of Osama's death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Osama uh, drag would kind of be fun. Oh, Osama drag would kill. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Got, it like, would kill about 3,000 people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, boy. So Damn, Osama. Where would, damn, Osama, Osama at it again. <laughs> where, uh, I, was, um, I was in a fraternity, so we were pretty hyped about it. We used it as a reason to get really wasted and do cocaine. We were like, nice. this is the best, dude. I can't believe we it. We did it. Yes, yes. <laughs> All my boys. Sigma Epsilon killed Osama. <laughs> I was a high school student, so I was doing homework, and then this one girl from our school just texted everybody saying, we got Osama in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's do a Deepak Chopra, and then we want to do a role play, but we want to invite Colin Burke up for the role yeah, play. Like, Come on out there, yeah, Colin. Get up Come here, on, Colin. Yes. Big round of applause for Colin, yeah. Burke, Colin Burke, the host of Cauldron, History of the World, Battle by Battle. Yes. Deepak Chopra moment is a moment about the show that we liked in homage to Deepak Chopra's Positive thinking, new age spirituality. Yes, something that's positive about the show. I loved how resistant Hawkeye was to psychotherapy. I thought that was um, an interesting character trait. We watched Sopranos. Tony Soprano loves psychotherapy. Hawkeye hates it. I loved the sexiness of the men in a very specific <laughs> okay. way. So we've talked on this podcast about a Top Beef style character. It, yes. I don't know if you know about Top Beef. It's a fat man who wears it well. It's mostly <laughs> in his chest. Yes. You, get, you get turned on by his power. <laughs> and what uh, Hawkeye and kind of a BJ, couple other guys have has is this, this thinness that's almost <laughs> sexually explicit. <laughs> They're just thin guys wearing these form-fitting shirts. And yes. it's, they look like they flow in the wind. They look really thin but hot. They look, like, they look like Jack Skellington. Yes, yes, I love that. Jack has coined it 
Slick Lank. I don't know Slick That's if good that stuff. will maybe mean lean or... Uh, I don't know. We'll think of it another wet time. Wet lean. I, this is uh, my favorite part of this show was the Korean War. It seemed hilarious. They were making <laughs> tons of jokes. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to do a role play. A role play is where we inhabit some of the characters from the show using our specialized improv training. Yes. All right. I'm going to be... Uh, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be Hawkeye. Cullen, do you want to be Soon Lee? You don't have a career. <laughs> he has a podcast that I'm sure he has more downloads than ours. Right. <laughs> and more regional television experience than us. <laughs> I'll be, uh, I will be, um, I'll be Klinger. Okay. I'm Hawkeye. You're BJ, Zach. I'll be one of the uh, Chinese bandmates. That sounds okay, great. Good. They Colin? were actually Chinese oh. people in Korea. Colin, who would you like to be? Um, I'll be uh, Soon Lee. Okay. That's right. how, it's going to be great. We'll go it's going to be great. Oh, man. It's great to be back here together in this VFW after the war is over. I mean, <laughs> I got to say, I really thought that you guys wouldn't be accepting that I married my Asian refugee wife, but she's here now. and uh, One day, we find my family. <laughs> I keep telling you, yes. that'll happen one day. But we got a lot of stuff. We got, I got, we got to buy a car, a new car. <laughs> no the car, car we have now is not good. Are you looking for a car? Why? Do you, why would you already ask? Well, I was the most highly trained musician in Korea, but uh, <laughs> due to racial discrimination of the Western ear, people thought I sounded horrible, so I sell used cars. I think it's the accent. People can't understand you with this accent. What accent? What do you think? <laughs> what? You think I have an accent? I can. I, I can't I'm sorry. Hear him. I can't. Yeah, I, can't hear him. I don't know what he's talking about. I, I don't understand. I, you're my compatriot. What are you saying? <laughs> oh man, I really hated what, surgery. How, how did you? What had things go for you after the when war? When I got okay. back from the war, I just took it easy and uh, I That's got a good. bad case of gonorrhea. So that fucked me up for about two years. Yeah, you said you took have it you easy. Have you seen my family? Suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, please. Why hey, ease you? off. Your Gonorrhea. Family. Have you seen my family? <laughs> I've uh, sound like my mom. Soon Lee. It's relax, relax. Soon Lee. Could you get could you just keep serving the drinks? <laughs> Thank <Hey>. you. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Soon Lee works at this VFW. <laughs> Uh, you know, she's gotta she's gotta bring some money to the household. This isn't the this isn't a welfare case. <laughs> well, right? do you work? What? Or do you just make your wife work at the VFW? I already worked harder than any... I can, I'm sorry, I can barely understand you. <laughs> you see my family. <laughs> Look, Sue Lee. This I, is great. Get me out of here. Sue Lee. <laughs> I, I, hey, <laughs> don't listen to her. She's fine. We have a beautiful code of you know, code equal marriage. I'm going to go do surgery on myself and cut my penis off. Because PTSD is really getting to me. Just like my oh, husband. <laughs> I didn't cut my penis off. It's just really small, Sue Lee. <laughs> Do you want to switch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye, can you cut, can you do a penis transplant? Yeah, I think I could probably pull that off. Yeah, could you actually pull it off right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Good night, America. I give the show seven stars. It was amazing. Five star general, ten star show. Wow, <laughs> I, I give I give the show a, uh, a I give the show a six. It was good, but it was incredibly long. It was yeah, very it long, was very and you long. hate long things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank, thank you, you very for coming much, out guys. to our live recording it. at Wuhan. We truly appreciate everybody who's thank in the room you. tonight. Thank you, everybody.